to the wall, to the sweat right down, my rough days in showbiz. I have a guest here who is nothing short of phenomenal. In fact, he's not short at all. He's very tall. Nate Hapke. Nate graduated in May of 2014, magna cum laude, with a BS in television, radio, and film, having minored in English and textual studies with a film and screen studies focus. His major helped him fine-tune his filmmaking skills, while his minor helped him fine-tune his film discourse skills and appreciation. Since graduating, he has been working full-time as a DGA production associate, as a member of the Emmy-winning directing team for Disney and ABC's General Hospital, where he won three Daytime Emmy Awards in 2017, 2020, and 2021. He has been writing and directing two to three short films a year since 2014, screening in festivals around the world, including the short film corner of Cannes 2015, 2017, and 2018, and having garnered over 20 awards. From 2011 to 2020, he was producing content under the P123 Productions banner in association with Sosa Productions, SDUT Productions, We Made It in Toronto Productions, The Malt Shop, and Small Tall Productions, LLC. In January 2020, Small Tall Productions, LLC was created in partnership with writer-producer Rosie Grace, who will be on the show next week. The first title to be produced under Small Tall Productions is 2020's Rideshare, Though 2018's She and Her was the first collaboration between Grace and Hapke. And here he is, the man behind the magic, Nate Hapke! Woo! Woo! Um, hi. Hello, Nate. Hello. Hi, Justin. Wow. What a person to have on my podcast. I feel so lucky Thank you to for have you me. on here. You have so much experience. I mean, I say that all the time, but you, you really have like a ton of experience. And I imagine the rough days in showbiz are plenties. They're plenties, yeah. good and plenty. Well, it's, it's funny because I was like, I, I did my, my homework and I listened to a couple other episodes. I was like, what, you know, what, you. Are, what, are, what are other people doing? I mean, you, you run a great podcast and there are myriad reasons why I wanted to be a part of this. Thank but I was you. like, what, what do I do? And, and I realized, you know, how I approach everything is how I'm approaching this. It's like, my stories will be kind of rough, but there's always like a happy, happy ending. Like, what did I learn from this? Um, and I, I have, I'm very fortunate to have had as many opportunities as I have had. Um, I try to keep myself really busy because I kind of struggle sitting still. Um, mm. And I, the most consistent question that I get is like, well, how do you, how do you do that? How do you do, how do you do all that? And for me, it's, you know, nothing happens without a plan. Um, mm. And that's gotten me into a couple of pickles just because I, I, I try to do everything. On, I've, I've lists for everything. Not that this is a visual thing, but I just held up a list um, <laughs> because I just like, I plan everything to a T because I just want to make sure that, that yes, I'm setting out to do all these 30 things, but there has to be a viability to it or else it won't happen. I mean, it, that's, that's been a huge part of my filmmaking you know, strategy too, is I always write with a producer's hat on. It's like, well, what am I actually able to do? And if I write myself out of viability, well, then I'm writing a story that I can't make right now. And then if I'm not able to make it, why did I spend the time writing it right now? Um, but, you know, one of, one of the things that, I, that I've tried to do is, is figure out like a work-life balance hmm. as best as I can. Um, and that doesn't always uh, lend itself so easily. I think one of the things that I try to prioritize in that is like family time 
and nobody's nobody's here in Los Angeles. So it always has to be these like crazy whirlwind trips where yes, I'm going to get like 36 or 48 hours in person, but to get there and back is going to be a whole thing. And um, no one's going to be sleeping because we're just going to be like, oh, well, we only have this amount of time. So we need to do all of these things. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the stories that I wanted to sort of share with you was kind of the lead up to a very rough day um, was Ooh. this really this this road trip um, that was my version of planes, trains and automobiles. But it was, you know, real. Um, I had flown up to Seattle for my dad's. I can't remember which birthday it was. But my siblings and I, we were like, okay, so my dad loves to go out to Orcas Island, which is off the coast of Washington State. You can only get there by a ferry. And, you know, the ferry is like 45 minutes away from anybody's house that lives up there. And so it's like, you have to drive there and then you drive onto the ferry and then you take the ferry ride and then you get to the island and you get off the ferry and you drive to the cabin, which is another 30 minutes. Um, it's a whole thing. And of oh, course, yeah. this was... Well, I work full-time in television production and I'm also, you know, a filmmaker um, in, in between all of that. Um, and I was like, okay, well, my dad is celebrating this over a weekend. Um, you know, we need to plan. We're going to have essentially one night in, oh. in Orcas Island and it's going to be Saturday night, but I'm going to fly to Seattle after production on Friday, which was super late. Thankfully, there was a flight out of Burbank that left at like 7 p.m. So I got into Seattle, 9.30 uh, my brother-in-law picked me up. We stayed over. We got four and a half hours of sleep. Oh, then you take, man. You, you do the drive to the ferry. You get on the ferry. Everything's good. Everything's good. We already started with family time. We have this really good you know, food and then uh, cooking and whatever, and we're laughing. And Orcas Island is beautiful. If you can get up there, fantastic. Um, and it was all going to work. You know, it's like I, I, I didn't have to sacrifice any work the week before. I, 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 had, I was due on set at 7 a.m. on Monday. Okay. And so what oh. I've planned, what I've planned is I'm going to get all day Saturday with my family. Sunday morning, we're going to have a very early breakfast. It's going to be great. That's actually like his birthday breakfast. You know, everything's planned. We're gonna, everybody's going to be cooking this. Somebody's got sweet. Somebody's got savory. Somebody's got this. Um, wow. And, and it worked out great. It was a great meal. But then we hear, uh, we get this push notification that the, because fairies run like one every three hours. Mm-hmm. But we have to get on a certain ferry in order to get back to mainland, in order to get to SeaTac, in order to make our plane, in order to get back to Los Angeles so that I can get back to LA Sunday night so that I'm back on set and I don't have to miss work because there's no backup for my position. work. Yeah. And so if I'm not there, no one's doing my job and I'm letting the show down and it would be my fault. And I don't, I don't want to miss it. And I, I pride myself on the fact that I've worked uh, at General Hospital for seven and a half years. I've never taken a sick day. Um, and so I was Holy like, crap. I, I'm going to figure this out. Um, so we get this push notification that, uh, one of the rudders on the ferry, like the early morning ferry is down. So they have to repair that. So immediately everybody that was on the early morning ferry now is first in the queue line for the second ferry. So we're like, we got to get down there. We got to get down there. So we had the oh, breakfast. Man. It was a little bit condensed. Um, and all of a sudden it's like, well, my brother who was driving and it was going to get us to, um, the airport we couldn't get his car on because everybody's car that was going to get on there was from the early morning one. Um, thankfully we're sitting by a picnic table and my brother's like, Oh my God, I know her. And who walks over is one of um, his coworkers from the hospital. She's a nurse. She's like, Oh, Sam, whatever. Um, she was on the early morning ferry delayed. Um, and she's like, Oh, I have these friends who came in for a wedding this weekend. 
Um, and they also have a flight to SeaTac. And we were like, oh my God. Um, so we, through her generosity, she was like, well, you know, I have a spot on this next ferry. Like you guys can come with me. So we grab our stuff out of my brother's car. We mm. say, thank you. We say our goodbyes. My brother and nephew in, uh, didn't end up getting off of the island until like late Sunday night. Oh yeah. Um, so we get on this ferry, but we're already three hours behind schedule. If we got on to mainland, um, we were going to have already missed, you know, check-in and the plane that we were supposed to get on was already going to be gone. Oh. So I called the airline and I told them sort of our predicament and I was on the ferry, which was like spotty service. So I just called Alaska air and, um, they, they didn't have any more flights to Burbank. And I was like, okay, do you have anything to LAX? And they were like, no. And I was like, do you have anything to San Diego tonight? And they were like, no, I, I was racking my brain. And I was trying to think of other major cities that were within driving distance because I, you know, don't come from money. And when I moved out to LA, it was a road trip across the country. I've driven across the country by myself five times from upstate New York to, to LA. So I was like, I can drive long distances overnight. I can do it. I haven't done it in a while, but I can do it. Um, cause I have to be on set. Yeah. So I am. Um, and so I'm like, do you have any flights to Las Vegas tonight? And she goes, yes, 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 we do. And we actually, we have spots. Um, you know, it's, it's actually a mostly empty flight. And I was like, okay. Um, who knew that no one was traveling to Vegas on yeah. Sunday night? <laughs> Cause everybody's coming in for the weekend. No one's actually going to Vegas on Sunday night. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we, we ended up getting to the airport with enough time. We actually had time to like eat dinner at the, at the airport because the flight to Vegas wasn't until, you know, 8 PM. Mm. We get into Las Vegas. It's midnight. Um, I know that there's an enterprise rent a car down the street from the studio that my show shoots on. And so <laughs> I, I made sure that we went to enterprise rent a car. We rented a car. Um, we got our bag at that point. It was 1 AM rented the car, drove straight from, uh, Las Vegas to Los Angeles, got into LA at four 30 or five. I didn't go to sleep. Um, and was, stayed awake with diet Dr. Pepper. We stopped at a gas station, like to fill up. We got like the worst snacks. It was all sugary and caffeine. And we, just, <laughs> um, we listened to a great playlist and I was like, Rosie, we just have to have a conversation this entire time. I'm going to fall asleep. Like we just, we got to make it through. Um, but we made it back and I showered and I went to work and it was a, 13 hour day on set. Oh. Um, and no one believed what I had been through, what the yeah. last 18 hours of travel had been to before even getting onto set. Um, but it was really wonderful because it was like, in, in hindsight, it was so special to get to share that craziness with Rosie. Cause we, you know, we, we collaborated on a lot of stuff, but one of the, one of the scripts that we wrote, you know, during lockdown last year actually was this romantic comedy based off of that experience of this, the, this couple that for, that meet cute sort of on Orcas Island and have to both have to get back to Los Angeles for, you know, whatever reason. And they end up having to, they're each other's ho only hope of getting back to LA. And so it like raises the stakes and it's this really fun, like race against time to get there. Um, and so it's like, it, it's one of those things that, that I got to work and I was really happy about that. It was a crazy experience, but it was an even better story that I get to use, um, you know, and funnel into my art and get to say like, yes, I did this. Would I ever do it again? I don't want to, um, <laughs> but it was, it was super fun. Um, so that was, that was one story that was, that was probably one of my rougher days at work just because I, I was on running on adrenaline. Oh yeah. That's it. Um, yeah. So there was also, there was no traffic at that time of day. <laughs> so that, that was nice. That was, that was actually nice. That, wow. What a great silver lining. No traffic though. 
Yeah. The craziest and, trip of, of anyone's life, but no traffic. Yeah. And I ended wow. up getting, I, I got, uh, I did not get an extra day fee to enterprise because I was able to return the car down the street from my studio, um, within 24 hours. So it was not an additional day fee. That's brilliant. Oh my God. I mean, but that's why you, but that's why you are who you are and you do what you do because I think most people would have given up. Yeah. I don't think it would have it like the, 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 the way you orchestrated that trip back knowing about the enterprise, you know, the gas station food, <laughs> the ferry back. I mean, it was just, it was like, I, I, you, you basically achieved the impossible with that and still made it to set. I still made it to set and I did my job and they didn't have to like be worried about me or wherever it was. And I got to keep my streak alive of, of never taking a sick day. So that was, that was really oh good. Oh my God. Yeah. That's <sighs> props for that. And so that is what your feature is based on that, that story uh, essentially or there, your feature with not the produced one. We, that was one of the, that was one of the two scripts that we wrote last year Okay, um, or one of the seven scripts that we wrote last year was this romantic comedy cross country um, yeah. But no, the, the feature that we ended up producing this summer uh, was, a, was a, a different one that was essentially uh, an ad what ended up being this adaptation of the experience that Rosie and I went through as a young couple who was tasked with having to redefine our relationship in uncertain circumstances. Hmm. I, do have, I do have one story from, from the shooting of that, which was- Oh, cool. Rough. Yeah. Is this, yeah, yeah let's, let's do another rough day in showbiz story for sure. Story number two. I always try not to write myself out of viability, especially if like the whole purpose of the thing is to write something that I can make. Well, it's like, what do I need to make it? I need the budget. I need the infrastructure. I need the, you know, the pieces in place. So I can't write something right now that is a quarter of a million dollars. I can't write something right now that has a helicopter. I can't write something right now that has all these things that like at some point will aid in the value of, you know, the, the, the piece. But what I can make right now is something that, um, exists within one location, two actors, and we can shoot it over, you know, 10 days. And so that was the whole plan in, in, in writing. It was the whole purpose. And so we, uh, Rosie and I were location scouting and we were trying to find, you know, the whole thing takes place. Well, 98% of the thing takes place in this cabin. The other 2%, um, we were like, it's an apartment. We used our apartment. Um, the, the 98% of it was like, okay, so we're going to find it. We need to find a cabin. So we were initially looking at like, not in LA because anything in LA is expensive. Yeah. Uh, because, because people in LA, they know that, that the film and television industry exists here and they can charge for it and they know what to ask for and what questions yeah. to ask production for and what to, you know, and what they can get away with. But like the, as soon the as million you get dollar cabin. <laughs> oh, oh, you need this. Well, it's actually, you know, if you want running water, we can turn that on for you. Yeah. Another mill, <laughs> 500 <laughs> just, grand. Just put this on top of it. Um, so we, you know, we were looking in the periphery of it, but it was also, you know, this idea of something special where if we could all get out of LA and we could make it kind of, you know, ostensibly like a, a summer camp vibe to it, um, mm -hmm. that we would get like a master cabin, which would be the set. And then we'd get, you know, um, the, the satellite cabins where, you know, bunks where uh, certain at, uh, groups from the crew would stay. So there was a, oh. a camera and genie, um, cabin, there was the actor in the hair and makeup cabin, and there was like the miscellaneous cabin. Um, and then Rosie and I stayed in the master cabin because there was a bedroom that you never see on screen. And you actually think it's just part of the hallway, which was cool. Um, wow. Props for doing that, for do for getting lodging for the actors and, and making yeah. that happen. Most people don't. Well, it was, it was important to us because, you know, we were asking people 
to help us achieve this thing that means so much to us. And we have prided ourselves, or we do actively pride ourselves on our ability. Like it's not a lot, but we, on the last, um, uh, the last few, like probably the last three or four years, we've been able to pay everybody. You know, it's, it's not a lot. Um, and on this one, it was like, everybody's getting something. Um, but in addition to that, because we're asking people to uproot their lives and come with us to this, to this thing, which we think is cool. And we want them to think is cool. Um, we want everybody to not only be able to, you know, pay for pay their rent with what they're making here, um, working half of, you know, half of the month on this project, um, but also not invest any of their own money. So it was like, how can we best mitigate that? Well, we want to provide three meals a day. And so we, you know, we stocked up all the cabins with, um, with food for breakfast food. We took a you know, whole poll of like what people eat for breakfast. And, and wow. so they, they were responsible for making their own breakfast, but then we provided lunch and dinner every day. Um, wow. we, we never went over 12 and a half hours, including lunch. Um, it was a 10 day shoot. Uh, cause we, just cause we wanted like quality of life to not strain and there were, there were no breaks. So it wasn't like we were going to do five days of break day and then five more days. It was, 10 days straight. So we wanted to make sure that everybody was well-fed people were getting sleep. Um, oh, this is so important. This is, yeah. I mean, th it's funny because oftentimes when people do this kind of thing, it's set up for many rough days in showbiz from the actor yeah. standpoint, but yours had none. Well, yours had no rough days in showbiz, not from, not for the actors though. It doesn't sound like it. It's no, pretty, you're pulling out the rough day in showbiz stops so far. Yeah. So because, because <laughs> I, like, I always try, especially when it's one of my shoots to think about what can go wrong, what can go wrong and how do I mitigate that ahead of time? And how do I, and so much of that is just prep, 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 prep. And that's not only me as a director, but me as a producer trying to think about what can go wrong and how would I mitigate it? So it's like, um, like obviously as a director, when I'm working with actors, I want to have some flexibility in terms of you know, discovery on set. I don't, I don't ever want it to be like, well, no, it's my where the highway it has to be a collaboration. Hmm. But, you know, it, for me, in terms of that, and, and I won't go too deep into this, but it's, it's, it's so incumbent that I do my preparation so that if anybody on set has a question for me, I have an answer. Um, because I don't want anybody to lose faith in me as a leader, because as soon as that happens, chaos ensues. Yeah. Um, so I need to have an answer. I, you know, and thankfully I'm, I'm so thankful to have a creative partner who I can collaborate on these things with, because we do a lot of, we do a lot of that sort of rehearsing, which is like coming up with all the questions that could be asked of us and how are we going to answer those questions and how can we answer them in real time before they become a bigger issue. Um, but you know, we had done everything that we could do to your point ahead of time to sort of not allow these rough days in Chobas to happen. Um, and when we went to Location Scout, you know, we were shooting in July, but when we went to Location Scout, it was, I think, March or April, and it was down in Idlewild, um, which is where we ended up getting our cabin, and it was beautiful, picturesque, top of these wow. mountains. Um, it's awesome. And it, when it shows up on, on the big screen, every, I, I hope everybody appreciates Ooh. it, because we did in person, it was beautiful. Um, what we were not anticipating was that in July, um, it was going to be in the middle of a heat wave in Southern California. Oh, um, and some of these cabins don't have air conditioning. Oh, including the master cabin, there was no air conditioning, and so you had twelve bodies in one space. Um, it, COVID aside, you know, we did all of our preparation with that. Everybody was vaccinated. We did our pre-testing. Everybody was comfortable, um, oh, you know, with with the way that we ran that. 
Um, so we weren't, it, that wasn't even a concern at all. We, we mitigated all of that issue. The biggest issue on set was, was the heat. Um, and we ended up having to get some AC units, but it's funny because it's like, it's this small vacation town up there. Yeah. And so, you know, what you can go get if you need it last minute is like a hat that says Idlewild on it at the <laughs> mom and pop shop down, to, you know, in the main, main street. Yeah. Um, but if you need an air conditioner unit, you have to go down the mountain an hour and a half away to, oh. you know, Lowe's or something, and then you can get it. And then you have to go an hour and a half back up <laughs> the mountain. Back to um, society. Back to society. Wow. Uh, so we ended up having to get those and, and, uh, one of our actors um, ended up, you know, kind of suffering from heat exhaustion, and that was one thing that we just did not properly anticipate. Um, and one of the things that, thankfully, we were able to mitigate um, in real time. But it was very touch and go for a while because it's like we we had thought about everything else, um, and thankfully, it didn't delay any shooting. Um, it just it made for even more so like needing to be sensitive to time that we were working, how many takes we were doing, the you know the the direction that I was giving. Um, you know, creative choices of like, well, the wardrobe calls for this jacket for this character because that's, you know, that's what she passed away in. So that's what she's wearing. Um, but it's like, but yeah, she also has the ability to take it off. Right. And it's like, yeah, she does because if she, <laughs> the actor is wearing it. She's going to be yeah. very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and it would help contribute to her, to her heat exhaustion. So the, the rough day and Chopa's thing there is just like, you know, you can do everything that you believe is, is going to be this fire, this fire, this fire, but there's still going to be, it's Murphy's law. Um, yeah. like whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. And that was really the only thing that could go wrong. I mean, it, there, there were like other little things, but it was just nice because we, we surrounded ourselves with such an amazing team that whenever sort of little things came up, um, we, we, we shot everything that we needed. We did cut one scene, but it's because we actually didn't need it in the whole overarching you know, narrative. Mm. And we shot 79 pages in 10 days. Um, and it was wow. only two, two actors they had to regurgitate, you know, regurgitate with emotion and gravitas, uh, mm -hmm. 79 pages of dialogue in 10 days. And so my hat's off to them. They, they were amazing. And the whole crew was absolutely incredible. Um, we had a wrap party, um, or it was like a thank you holiday party with them. Um, oh. just cause we didn't, we didn't have like an official wrap party, but Rosie and I just like really wanted to have them over and thank them. And, um, because without them, like, you know, Rosie and I can, can want to make stuff as much as we want to, but it, we can't do it just the two of us. And it really takes a team and it really takes people who, who buy in and, and dedicate their, their talent, their enthusiasm, um, and, and their craft to us and to, to the, the greater thing, which is the project. But the project is only going to be what it is if people are comfortable, if they feel respected, if they feel um, like this is something that is actually worth their time. So we, we try to do the little things to mitigate, you know, any sort of rough days uh that that might happen um but you can't always account for everything it's so good to hear you say that though because there are some sometimes I, I mean i've told a lot of stories on here and and actors have where you know we feel uncomfortable on set and it's like the the arrangements are just uncomfortable you know and and then you say oh well you know i don't know if i'm like i i feel like i kind of suck like i'm not doing great and i'm like is it am i just a diva like is it you know and and it's good to hear you say like no it it you know if it is comfortable it's easier to work yeah you know and yeah. and that's just very reassuring as an actor to hear that oh man yeah i will say being from the east coast i think uh heat is better than cold and it's just because with cold you'll just never be warm with heat yeah. you can get a fan like you can be cool you can drink a lot of water you can be cool but with cold yeah you, you can't you'll never be warm 
No, it just won't happen. Even if you have heaters and everything, you're still going to have to go to the bathroom and touch the floor. You know, your feet touch the floor. Ah! Like, yeah. it, well, I, it sounds like you did everything and wow. What a test. I think was, I, I, I wouldn't, was. I wouldn't want to have rough, rough day. And I wouldn't want to be in that scenario with anyone besides you, to be honest, <laughs> because you guys handled it. And you know, you weren't just like, Hey, suck it up. You know, yeah. you know how many people would just be like, Oh, well, just whatever. But you know, that's so funny though. The general <laughs> you're in this town and that they have like a general store where they have like two things of body wash yeah. and like some old, you know, some old uh, granola bars. And you're like, I need a full AC unit. Where can I get it, please? Or or six. I just like or we, six. We need, yeah, we really need these things. Um, no, but it, it was actually it was it was funny too because you know that there were really only five or six restaurants in the entire town, and and as I said, you know we we wow. stocked all of the cabins with food for breakfast and snacks, but that we that we bought you know ahead of time we brought them up in cooler bags and stuff. Um, but for lunch and dinner, we ordered out from these restaurants. These restaurants are not used to large orders coming in. And so, so many times we would call with like 12 things that we needed for everybody to eat something. And they'd be like, uh, we really can't make anything more than five or six sandwiches. And it was like, oh. what? So there were, there were a lot of times where we would put in these orders and, and they wouldn't be able to fill them. So we'd have oh. to call a different restaurant. Thankfully, what ended up being the best restaurant um, in town, I can't remember the name of it, but they were, they were uh, the tacos that were there. And everybody oh. just loved tacos. Um, you'd have a beer at the end of the day, eat some tacos, and it was, oh, it was yeah. a nice way to, to, to end it. Um, I love, no shade, though. I love small towns. I love me oh, some for, small towns. No, yeah. I, I do, too. And it's, it's yeah. picturesque, and it, they were so welcoming and so wonderful. That yeah. was, I mean, that's also one of the reasons why I love shooting outside of L.A., you know, at times, I mean, I love Los Angeles. This is where I call home. It's the first place that I felt home since I was eight years old when my parents got divorced. Um, like it just, it's, this is, this is it for me, but, but smaller towns, especially in the periphery, um, you know, in addition to stuff being, being cheaper, it, people are also nicer about, you know, wanting yeah. to film in, in places. The, the owner of the cabin that we shot in like the, the master cabin up there, it was her family home, you know, and she grew up in that house, like on the back of one of the doors in the kitchen were, you know, her heights. As she was growing up, like it actually said her name on it, and it was so special. Of course, we had to cover that up, um, but <laughs> but we didn't we didn't ruin it. Um, our production designer figured out a way that like we wouldn't destroy anything that was in the house. But like she she was so down to just like let us do whatever, and oh, inevitably so cool. we did. We broke you know a, a, a wine glass. We broke something else. Um, we damaged like a chair in the dining room. Um, but she was like, "That's okay. That's okay," um, uh. because she she it meant so much to her that this place that was so foundational um, to her sort of upbringing was now being used for art. Um, it was, it was really cool to just sort of hear her say that and, and to get her support to just do whatever we wanted to in there. Now, obviously it, nothing crazy, um, but it, it, it didn't change the fact that we had the freedom to just explore in this space that otherwise was this reg residential home that obviously was so foundational to, to her upbringing, um, <sighs> which was really special. That is so nice. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad it turned out to be great. It turned, out, it turned to out to be, be a great experience. Really got great. through the rough day in showbiz. That's what it's all about. And let, you, have, you have a third story, right? I do. I do. Have a third story. This is probably like the roughest, the roughest of the three, just in terms of like insult to injury and it being this, you know, it was, I was much younger. This was <laughs> when I was, when I was studying abroad, quote unquote, in Los Angeles, um, during the fall of my junior year of college at Syracuse, um, 
I was really excited because I got hired to PA on the set of this um, PSA that was being produced by Zack Snyder's production company. He and his wife were there. Um, it was a cause that was really important to them. Um, and I, I didn't get to meet them, but it was just so cool to be there. And it was the first time that I was wearing a walkie-talkie, which I, by the way, hate walkie-talkies, but it still feels really cool to wear them. Um, I always ban them on my own sets because I'm just like, just talk to me. Um, but yeah. obviously, I, I haven't gotten to the point where um, you know, we've, we've really needed them large scale and I will defer to my producers if and when we really need them. Um, but anyway, it was really cool to like put one on and I was there and whatever. And then all of a sudden the, uh, I think his official role was assistant director, maybe UPM that day, unit production manager. And he came over to me and he's like, Hey, we need coffee from Starbucks. I need you to make a run. And I was like, okay. Um, so I got in the car and it was like eight coffees. And I was like, I can do this. And I, I wrote down everything diligently and I mapped it on my phone of like where the nearest Starbucks was. And it was on the corner of Sunset and La Brea. And um, oh, yes. whenever, whenever I drive by that intersection, I'm like, oh yeah, this is where I made the stupidest mistake um, of my time in Los Angeles. Um, oh. So the studio was right around the corner and it was, it was south of this intersection. And so we, we get all the coffees and I get them to a T. Like I got all eight orders correct. I'm with this other PA. The other PA is like, yes, we did it. We get in the car um, and we're going to be back in like door to door. It was going to be like 35 minutes. I was going to be freaking hero. It was amazing. And I was like, okay, so the fastest route is going to be out of this intersection because um, La Brea is, you know, north, south. And so I, I get out of the intersection. Here's La Brea, two lanes of traffic. There are cars parked against, um, you know, the, the sidewalk blocking one of the lanes of traffic. I can't really see past this first lane of traffic. And by the way, there's a double yellow line that separates um, the cars that are traveling north and, and the, the southbound traffic. But I'm like, the fastest route is to turn left here. So I'm going to do that because I want to be efficient. And so <laughs> I, I start inching out, I start inching out, and then I don't see anybody coming and there's a gap on the other side of the road. So I... I hit the accelerator and all of a sudden another car just comes right through and rips off my front bumper and all eight of the copies for some odd reason, just explode. No, <laughs> they just explode. It's, it's like a small hit, but then the coffees <laughs> like yeah. for no reason, just every just a bump car. and then <laughs> it, was, oh. it was weirdly cinematic. No. Oh, and so it was one of those things where it's like, I intellectually, I know it is illegal to turn left over double yellow. But I was thinking efficiently and I was thinking, you know, that's the fastest way back to the studio. I need to make a good impression. This is Zack Snyder's production company. I need to, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Oh, man. Anyway, this, I, I give my information um, to this lady. This, this lady was driving one of her dad's Mercedes and oh. her car had like no damage. My car was now missing its front bumper. Um, <laughs> and thankfully, the Starbucks employees like saw this happen. And they were so kind because they ended up making a repeat order. And the other PA ran in, got them, took a, took a ride share back and delivered them. After all my you know, information was exchanged, I drove back to set. Um, and I remember the assistant director coming up to me after that. He was like, I can't believe you came back. And I did. And I worked the rest of the day. And by the way, this was, this was an, an unpaid like PA thing. I, just, I was doing it for experience because I, I, mean, I did so many of those things. Because, you know, I moved to L.A. and I want, I wanted, I want still seven and a half years later to be a writer-director full-time. But I knew moving out here, no one was going to hire me to do that. So I needed to figure out how to make it happen. And I also, I knew that I didn't know 
very much at all. I only knew what I knew, which was not very much at all. And I didn't want to presume that I knew everything, which is why I said yes to every opportunity that came along, whether it was paid or unpaid, I didn't care. Um, I was going to make it happen. I was going to make it work because for me, it was all about, regardless of the size of the crew and the cast, all of those things are learning opportunities. Regardless of my role, all of those things are learning opportunities because I can see, well, if it's a five-person crew and there's a breakdown in communication, how did that breakdown in communication happen? How would I, if I was running the set, mitigate that issue? Um, and you know, that was wonderful. Or if it's you know a ten-person crew and everything's running smoothly, I would ask myself, why is it running smoothly? And mm. it, you know, even so, even if it's running smoothly, what could I do to even improve this? You know, and, and I PA'd on you know music video shoots. Um, there's a Rose Bowl music video parade, um, which was super fun. Feature films, short films, web series. A lot of it was through, you know, the Syracuse network. Um, but it was just so fun to like get on a bunch of different sets and just get exposed to that. Um, and knowing that like what mattered most was being present, being interested, um, and you know, being willing to humble myself to be to the situation. I mean, I remember being on the music video shoot and they loved me so much because I just like, yes, I would move things from one pile to the next, but like I would notice that the drummer was thirsty and I would just run over to him with a water bottle. Like nobody told me to do that, but like he looked at me and he was like, thank you. Thank you. And they, they hired mm-hmm. me back for like the next music video, just cause like, I I'm just always thinking, and I, I don't like sitting still, whether I'm on one of my own sets or somebody else's. And so that was one of those things that when I got back and the coffees had been delivered, but this whole thing happened, the AD was like, I cannot believe you came back. Like, is your car okay? And I was like, well, it's missing a front bumper, but it still drives. Um, and I was like, I had to finish the day. And I never got to work with um, Zack Snyder's production company again, but that AD has his own production company and he ended up subsequently hiring me um, to work on a spec commercial that he shot the next summer as Holy well shit. as um, assistant edit two documentaries that he was working on. And so it's like just, that, that's what was really nice about it is that it was, it was a really crazy experience. And whenever I drive by that intersection, I'm like, hey man, remember, don't turn left over double yellow. I knew that. Like, that's something that I learned when I learned how to drive when I was 16. Um, <laughs> but it was just one of those things that it was like, yeah, but this is the time that it'll be okay. It's like, no. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's nice. I, I've been so fortunate to have so many different, you know, opportunities out here in LA. And I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, yeah. And like that reason may not present itself like right away. Um, but I, I, I always know that that's, it's going to be there for some, for something and, and people are all we have. And so it's just always just be the best person that you can be. It's nice to also just believe that everything's going to happen for a reason, because the alternative to that is like, oh no, it's, it's, there's no, it's just, it's just nihilism. There's just nothing. Um, and so I'm like, I can't believe that. Um, yeah. so here we are. Here we are. You passed yeah. the rough day in showbiz test. I did. And Snyder noticed. Zack Snyder noticed. Well, I don't know if he noticed, but at least he noticed. He noticed. <laughs> he noticed. I think one of the coffees was his, so I probably pissed him off by being like an no, hour late. You went back and got the coffee. I, didn't I had up. to. I had to. The and, odds and, were against you. And shout yeah. out to that that Starbucks crew because they they gave it. They comped another eight drinks. They knew that we. And were shout like, out to you because you're nice. You're very nice. <laughs> so obviously they're like, that's the nicest person who's ever came in here. Holy shit, we'll do anything for him. And it's true. It's true. There you go. You really should just be nice because you never know what's going to happen. You never know who these people are going to be and how you can work together and how um, all this stuff is going to, you know, change you and give you growth. And, and whether it's a bad day or a good day or an efficient thing or an inefficient thing, 
everything, whether it's a rough day or a great day in showbiz is a learning opportunity. And so I, I've believed that ever since I was young and it's carried me through to today. So I, I appreciate anything that happens. Hunter, no, 200%, 200%. Uh, and what do you have coming up? Uh, what do you have time for? Um, we have, <laughs> everything, uh, everything. So we, we have, um, two short films that are finishing up their festival runs. Now, um, rideshare is going to be coming out in March, um, which is really, it's this wonderful, uh, uh it's ostensibly the story of how Rosie and I started dating, how we went from, mm. you know, being friends to being something more, um, through all these different conversations that we shared in the backseat of rideshares. And there's a trailer um, up for that, right? There is a trailer for that, yes. which can be found on my Vimeo.com slash Nate Hapke page. It looks website. really good. Thank you. It looks really Thank good. Um, so that's coming out in March. In January, um, of course, I told you in chronological order, so that's helpful. In January, um, the short film To the Moon and Back is coming out on Friday, January 7th. Um, that was a really deeply personal uh, project for me. It was this pre-catharsis for me as a writer because I'm terrified of what the experience of um, having to eulogize my own mother is going to be like. Um, mm. And so I, I kind of wanted to explore that, like put myself 20 years from now or 30, hopefully 30 years from now. And um, you just have to sort of see like, well, what would I say and how would I gain the strength and have the strength to speak about her and to summarize her life and how I feel about her and, you know, page or two, you know, it's like five minutes of talking in front of everybody who loved her and stuff like that. And would I be able to do it? And so that was a wonderful way for me to sort of explore that. And I worked with one of the actors that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work with at General Hospital, uh, Dominic Zimpronia, um, who I didn't know had lost his mother a couple of years before that. So it was also, it, I believe it was a deeply cathartic you know, project for him as well. Um, one of the other actors in the movie, um, she had just lost her aunt and the expression oh. that they always said to each other was, uh, to the moon and back. And I didn't know yeah. that when I changed the title from fallible or what was it infallible to, to the moon and back. And <gasps> when, when I changed the title, she was like, I, ha I just have to share this story with you. And she shared the story about her aunt. And then wow. the daughter in the movie is a good friend of mine, um, Julie Romano. She's a very talented actress. Um, and she had just lost her grandmother. Um, and she actually ended up wearing a piece of jewelry in the movie that was her grandmother's. Um, which was really special. And the whole thing is her character is dealing with the loss of her grandmother. Um, and so it was, it, I, I love that movie mm. for so many reasons, beautiful cinematography from uh, Dana Feidelson and, and um, Rosie really helped produce that alongside uh, my longtime producer, Sophia Zach. Um, and that, so that one's coming out January 7th. Um, we have three short films that we shot during quarantine that are currently screening. They all just premiered in LA, downtown LA back in October. Um, what's yours is mine, scene study and empiricism. They're all different genres. Those are all out to festivals now. Um, trailers for those are also on the same Vimeo page. Um, for production for 2022, Rosie is directing a music video in January that I am producing. In February, we are shooting a psychological thriller short film that Rosie has, not a psychological drama, I would say. It's not really a thriller. That Ooh. Rosie um, is writing, rewriting right now. It's, it's a really awesome concept. Um, it's a two-parter, but one of the, one of the parts is just a therapist on the phone, you know, in these different vignettes, which is really awesome, really affecting. Um, and I'm going to direct that one. And then in April, we're doing a pseudo sequel to Rideshare, which is essentially oh. ride, sh ride share in an elevator. It's called ups and downs, um, which <laughs> is a really fun ensemble piece about all the different cast of characters that you meet in 
you know, your elevator rides to and from the floor that you work on. Oh, and the, super fun. The relationships that you make along the way. Um, and then we're planning, cause I know that I have four weeks off in July. So we're planning to, um, obviously fingers crossed 2-1-1 gets into a festival. People want to talk to us. We get a sales agent. We sell it to a streamer. The streamer gives us money to make something else. Fantastic. If that doesn't happen, um, we don't want to be like, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. It's like, no, no, let's, as, as I have always done, what's the next thing. So we're going to be, um, pitching. We, we, we have it scheduled. Um, Rosie and I are going to sit down and, and pitch ideas of a feature film that can be shot entirely in our apartment. Um, oh. so that'll be, that'll be in July and we want to do it ensemble, um, piece that way and shoot it in, you know, two or three weeks, um, maybe just on weekends if that's when people are available, um, and set ourselves up for not only success in 2022 with everything that we did in 2021, but 2023 and beyond. So that's, that's what's next. Holy crap. Busiest man in showbiz. I love it. <laughs> all all while man. maintaining my job at, at general hospital, which I'm so yes. fortunate to have with the job. And where can people follow you? People can follow me um, personally on Instagram at Nate Hapke, but it's N, the number eight, then my last name, Hapke, H-A-P-K-E. Um, but if you want to follow our film page, um, which, is, which is really exciting, lots of film updates are going to be coming out, especially with um, you know, 2 one one out to festivals. It's at Small Tall Prod. You can, if you want more in-depth information about all of my film projects, you can go to my website, natehapke.com. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Okay. So what a, what a show, what an episode. You are a phenomenal filmmaker. You're ideal. You're so good to actors. We need more people like you. We do. I'm available. Nate Hapke. Woo!